the family circus cartoon, Dolly sits with her brother PJ on her lap and tells them the story of Christmas. It goes something like this. Jesus was born just in time for Christmas up at the North Pole, surrounded by three tiny reindeer and the Virgin Mary. Then Santa Claus showed up with lots of toys in some swaddling clothes. And then the three wise men and elves all sang carols while the th- little drummer boy and Scrooge helped Joseph trim the tree. In the meantime, Frosty the snowman saw the star. And thus concludes the reading from the family circus. It is good to remember that we are still in the Christmas season, and we Episcopalians believe that. In fact, today is the 10th day of Christmas, four days from Epiphany, or three. I want to return to the Christmas story for la- from, from uh, one last time, or maybe it might be one, the first time for some of us because of COVID. And I want to deal today with some of the simple, basic elements of the Christmas story. And hopefully with the rush of Christmas over, we've passed New Year's, we can just put all that behind us and just relax and enjoy some of the quiet truths that occupy such an important part of our hearts. There are three important elements, I think, that we need to hear as I hope we can make 2021 a time of renewal and spiritual growth. First of all, I think we need a song that we can sing. How much poorer the Christmas season is without the songs of music in the air. We sing such wonderful hymns as Silent Night, O Little Town of Bethlehem, Joy to the World. And it was, I found so wonderful to hear Andre and Chuck play some of those wonderful hymns before the service. And I don't know how you felt. I thought, oh, I really missed them so much this year. And these are special carols that lift our spirits up when we hear them. And I cannot imagine Christmas going by without one time hearing Oh Holy Night sung by Renee Fleming or, or Celan Dion. Today we hear the story of the wise men and this brings memories of that great little song, We Three Kings, during the, Chris, the church's annual Christmas pageant as little boys walk down the aisle wearing dad's overlong robe. There's something special about Christmas that lends itself to songs and carols we cherish. And the greatest Christmas song is the one that the shepherds heard on the Judean hillside. And I think we all forget that that song was taught to them by the angels when the angels sang that from heaven. And they sang glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That was a song taught to them by the angels. One of my favorite stories about the power of song is told about the Christmas truce during World War I. British soldiers were on one side of the battlefield and Germans were on the other, all hiding and huddling in trenches. Already two million men were at war. 1914, two million men at war. But their high commands had agreed to a truce. And for one day, each soldier would put down his arms. And on Christmas Eve night, German officer Walter Kuschhoff, who was a former tenor 
with the German opera, the Berlin opera, climbed out of the bunker and he had the bravery to walk into no man's land. And he began to sing Silent Night in German. Stille Nacht. Then he sang it in English. In the silence he sang, and then the English troops began to sing and join. And when they began to sing, that song turned into a hymn. And this is the power of a carol and the glory of Christmas. Soldiers began to climb out of the foxholes. Former enemies shook hands. They exchanged gifts of tobacco, jam, sausage, and chocolate. The Germans lit candles to battle-scarred Christmas trees, and the British lit bonfires. Somehow they even played a soccer game, and it played it between the shell holes and the barbed wire. Soldiers discovered that that guy across the line was just a fellow just like him. And why are they killing each other? The Germans were, sh the, the, their, their generals were shocked, and now they were concerned that this crazy Christmas thing would sap the soldiers and stop them and their willingness to fight and kill one another. But that most famous truth, truce in military history occurred on Christmas Eve night. The power of just one carol, Silent Night. In the second place, we need a star that we can follow. With all the unrest, all the worry and heaviness around the world right now with COVID, which just seems to just divide us and make us so angry with each other, we need a star and a light to gaze upon. Billy Graham said this decades before, even before 2020 and 2021, the tragedy in our times is so many people are pulling in so many different directions. Unity is a thing of the past. And it's hard to see our country right now pulling together the way it did prior to World War II. Can you imagine us building and putting together victory gardens now? I don't know. And when we don't head toward the kingdom of God, we lean toward anarchy. And so we need a star to follow. We need a vision of a better world to strive for. And the church has always been that place that has offered that vision. We are the light of Christ in the world. Recently, Forbes magazine listed the top 10 charities in America, and I couldn't help but notice that eight were church organizations, or at least had their roots in the church. Feeding America, Salvation Army, St. Jude's Hospital, Habitat for Humanity, and it could go on. And the church is Jesus' hands and feet in the world. A church on the coast of England had been destroyed in a hurricane, and its members felt that they were unable to build it again, and so its ruins remained untouched. And one day, the British Admiralty sent a representative to urge its rebuilding, and he told the people that, they, that they, if they did not rebuild the church, the government of England would have to. And he added, the church's spire is on our charts. It is the landmark that every ship uses to steer its course. And the basic de de decency of Christmas is part of Christ's kingdom. And it is a post in the world, and the world needs the church to put a star back in its sky. 
And here's the last thing I want to say, and maybe the most important thing to say at all, that we need, above all, a Savior to worship. We need that. A lot of times the world will offer Jesus a compliment. The world will say such things as, Jesus is the best man who ever lived. People will say things like, you know, if I had 10 people to invite to dinner, I'd invite Lincoln. You know, I'd invite Jesus because Jesus is the greatest model of love who's ever lived on the planet. But is that all we can say about Jesus? He is the Son of God, born of a woman, born in human life on Christmas night. And whenever we say the Nicene Creed, we say much more than that. And we are called to worship him as the Son of God. I'd like to tell a story that Paul Harvey told probably more than once, and I actually told a story, I know, five years ago on a Christmas Eve night, and so I'd like to share the parable again. It was Christmas Eve, and a man's wife and children were getting ready to go to church. And he wasn't going. He said, I can't understand what Christmas is all about, this claim that God became man, he told his wife. And it had been snowing all day, and it was beginning to snow even harder as his family left without him. And he drew a chair up by the fire, and he began to read his newspaper. A few minutes later, there was a thudding at the, at the kitchen window, and he went to check it out, and he found a flock of birds out in the backyard, and they had begun to get caught in a storm, and in a desperate search for shelter, they attempted to fly through the window. And he was a kind man, and he tried to think what he could do so that the birds wouldn't freeze. The barn, he thought, would be a nice shelter. And so he put on his coat and tramped through the snow to the barn and opened the door. And the birds didn't fly in, and he wondered maybe some food would bring them in. And so he hurried to the house and got some bread. He tore the bread up, and he sprinkled it on the snow to try to make a trail to the barn. But the birds ignored, the, ignored it, and they flopped still helplessly in the snow. And so he wondered if he could maybe shoo the birds into the barn. And when he tried it, it didn't work. And he said to himself, they find me to be a terrifying creature, and I can't think of a way to help them know that they can trust me. And then he pondered this thought. If only I could become a bird myself. For a moment, perhaps I could lead them to safety if I could only become a bird myself. And just then, the church bells began to ring, pealing the glad tidings of Christmas. And the man stood silently for a minute, and then he sank his knees to the snow. And he whispered, maybe in worship, now I understand. Now I see, Lord Christ, why you had to become man. Because Jesus is God in human flesh. And Christmas reminds us that he came here on earth to show us God's compassion and to save us from our frailties, our failings, to help us become truly what we were really meant to be. Our world needs Christ's compassion, and it needs it so that we will really be able to see peace on earth and goodwill toward men. 
and needs it before we can truly recognize the Savior and bow down to worship Him. And this is our greatest need as well, to kneel before the manger as the wise men did, to pray, Christ, I need you. And as that hymn puts it, come into my heart, Lord Christ. So today, may we hear that song again, and behold the star, for the Savior does indeed want us to make us him our own. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.